With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For Hijaz, halal home loans and investments with Hijaz. Australia versus Pakistan on SEN Test Cricket. And caught behind. Mitchell Marshall loves it. The hometown boy gets the most important player in the Pakistan list, Barbara Zahn. Uses his feet, stops. Gone. Out. Lyon gets another one. Two for him. 498 for his career. Bowls and he pulls. Not far. It's a square leg and he's caught. Oh, that's a great catch from Usman Khawaja. He's going to give this out. We have a. Wickets. You can see it up on the scoreboard. Nathan Lyon on 499 test wickets. Into a Freedy who swings a high ball. Where's that gone? Chance for Kawaja. Going back, Uh. takes the catch at long on. And the booze from the crowd. Because Nathan Lyon didn't take the last wicket. With Nathan Lyon ever so close to the magical 500 wicket milestone, Australia now look to build on their 300 run lead and push for victory. Mitch Marsh, the hometown hero, joins us ahead of day four. Shazad bowling for the Langer end. He bowls to Lavashain, who gets one off the glove. That reared off a length that's gone behind square leg for a single. And he's smarting from that Lavashain. That's hit his right hand. And he is asking for assistance. So these cracks are starting to open up and are starting to have an impact. Yeah, he was just with the doc and physio for the last sort of hour, just chatting through it and doing a few tests, obviously, on the finger. So they... I dare say that might be a scan. Shaheen bowls over the wicket, hits Smith on the arm. Freedy there bowls, and Smith gets hit on the arm oh. again. He tried to get out of the way of that when it didn't get up. That's no, all right, bit of a bruise, but uh, I'll live. Batting looked really tough, pretty tough there at the end. I think just as the game goes along, I think the cracks will come more into play. Another hot day tomorrow, I believe. So, yeah, I think the cracks are starting to definitely come into play. Yeah. But to what extent might the spicy Perth pitch get in the way of making it easy for the hosts? We'll find out right away this morning. The position's pretty clear. Look, we, we support our players to you know, express their own opinions in, in their own way and uh, over their own channels. But when it comes to kind of teams representing their country in international cricket, the ICC have clear guidelines. Again, if there's an opportunity to take a run out or a stumping, you, you do that. Um, I had my hand on the stump, missed the bail on the way back up. Yeah, I've had a lot of people telling me there's been a real buzz around this test match and the fact that he's called the West Test. Having a test match that's got a Western Australian ownership over it, I think is really important. In a busy news week, Todd Greenberg, the Chief Executive of the Australian Cricketers Association, will also be with us before the first ball to give the players' view on the key issues. This is SEN Test Cricket. Live across Australia and around the world. 
Welcome to SEN Test Cricket. Good morning and welcome to SEN Test Cricket live from Perth Stadium for Host Plus and for Henley Homes. Build with confidence. With two days to go, we've hit the stage of the test where the result will likely take care of itself for Pat Cummins' Australians. Ahead by 300 with eight wickets in hand, the most probable scenario is they get the chance to declare on their terms with ample time to finish the job. But there are variables, most of all the pitch. In the best traditions of surfaces in this part of the world, the cracks are becoming more plentiful by the hour. If Pakistan can go bang-bang this morning, as they did to begin the evening session yesterday when removing Warner and Labashain, they might be a chance of chasing something with a three in front of it. The degree of difficulty of such a thing would be extremely high, but it wouldn't be for nothing if they can finish Australia off short of 200 the second time around. To be crude, there's also the chance to injure some Australians along the way. The two blows to Smith's arm late yesterday, including a fierce whack to his troublesome wrist, demonstrated that point. As did the fact that Marnus Labuschagne has needed to go for a scan on his right hand overnight when copping a whack during his brief stay. So to day four, we go pondering if the script will run as it typically does for Australia at home, or can the Pakistani side prompt some twists? I'm Adam Collins, and with me to weigh this all up as we begin our pre-game conversation, our experts for Bundaberg Ginger Beers, Simon Kadich and Damien Fleming. Kat, I'll start with you. Good morning. We've been out there in the middle taking a look at the pitch. So Fleming's just bounded into the box uh, looking at it himself a moment ago. Um, those cracks at, at our end, our, our members' end, pavilion end here at um, the commentary box, they are, they are big, uh, they're wider than they were yesterday, and they're growing. Good morning, Colo and Flam and all our listeners. <clears throat> they certainly are. Look, having had a look at it just before, what was noticeable when talking to the curator out there as well um, is that they're starting to raise a little bit as well. So when he's put that heavy roller over it in the last day or two, he said that was noticeable. They started to plate up a little bit. And I think the crack that got uh, Marnus Labuschagne on the glove yesterday, the thing about it is the line, it's in line with the stumps on and around that off stump. But the other part of it is part of it's slightly raised and part of it's slightly lowered. So mm. what that means is we saw that length, Marnus Labuschagne would want to get forward to that length because it's quite a full length. Not super full, but it's sort of on a good length. He got caught on the crease and it's bounced more than he probably expected, ripped the glove and obviously done some damage to his hand. So it'd be interesting to see what happens in the news with him as the day unfolds. And then obviously later in the day, Steve Smith, different, because they were banging the ball in, mm. had the leg side field, testing him out upstairs. And that one was a nasty blow as well. So whilst not every ball's going to hit these cracks, because they're still, the wicket looks very good, other than the cracks opening up, they play on the batsman's mind. And that's the hard part from a batting perspective. It only takes one or two balls, one to keep low, one to fly, one to hit a glove or one to hit the ribs. And all of a sudden, that affects the batsman's mindset and, their, more importantly, their footwork. And as soon as they start getting caught on the crease, that's when you get trouble. There's bowls, LBs, or potentially nicks behind. G'day, Flem. Uh, you've been out there as well. I mean, we're so conditioned over at the Wacker, the, the history of that place, the reputation of that place to have big cracks opening up and it being quite quick. That might be our experience here as well. Colo, Caddo, listeners, um, it, it's the corridor of carnage. It, it's a perfect length to bowl. Um, into isn't it? Sometimes that the whacker can be a bit short and mm. or a bit full and can get covered. That that that's just on a really good length and a good line. Probably a bit different than mainly at the whacker. The whacker sort of had straight um, cracks all the way down. That's a horseshoe crack, um, which I think is a bit of a problem. Like what you said, I think the level of the um, pitch is going to be different. Um, 
And it's hard not to, to, to be thinking about it when, when, when you're batting. And, and it'll often be the ball that misses it that gets you out, that just plays normally because um, you're reading a lot into it. So this, this is going to be a really tough day batting um, for both teams um, if Pakistan can bowl well enough in this first session. Cat, the psychology of that that Flem talks to there as a top-order player, played a lot at the Wacker on cracked-up pitches. I mean, just the very process of going in, knowing that you might get one that could whack you in the arm or break a finger or something like that. Oh, without a doubt. I've seen guys over the years in chill games get caught on the crease because they just do not want to get forward to a ball that hits a crack and then jumps and hits you in the forearm or something like that. I mean, I've played in games where... I remember Andy Bickle once hit a crack a couple of metres down the wicket. It flew straight over my head. One bounce, four. Wow. And, and the umpire, Steve Randell, thought it would come off the shoulder of my bat and gave me four <laughs> runs. And I went down the other end and said, mate, that went straight over my head. Yes. So it does play in your mind. The other part of it, which will be interesting to see how the Australians operate, is that Nathan Lyon loves bowling at the Justin Langer mm. stand end. But that's the end that the, prob- the quicks probably need to be uh, operating at to hit that crack because it's right on the money on and around the right-handers off stump. Obviously, Pakistan have got, I think, what, five left-handers? So that'll be the challenge. But saying that, it'll still pose them problems if they get in in that blind spot or on and around leg stump, as we saw to Shaquille yesterday. So it's still a nasty line. It could could just um, spin acutely out of that and and roll along the ground and bowl them outside leg stump. You know, talking a couple of Aussie camp there too, the other one is that the quicks are struggling from the langer end. Um, with the landing, right? Uh, probably not the skipper himself, but but Hazelwood and Mitchell Stark, because of their stride lengths, they they all land at different areas, and for whatever reason, um, Cummins is in between Stark and Hazelwood's, um, you know, stride length um, once they land, so he's okay. Whereas whereas Mitch Stark's actually still landing on turf and pitch, and then Josh is landing on the turf, but he, but he's he's um, you know, over time he's depressing it and right. he's landing in different angles. It could actually work out okay on that basis that Nathan Lyon takes the Langer end, maybe with Cummins trying to find the crack and Cummins is an expert at doing oh, precisely that. You talk about that's that Cummins corridor. Slam. Yeah. That horseshoe. Absolutely. Yeah, I, that's really unique, Kato. And then from this end, they can have Stark trying to shape it around as he did yesterday and Hazelwood. I mean, Hazelwood couldn't have bowled any better than he did yesterday. No, and even besides that, there's enough happening in the good parts of the yeah. pitch, isn't it? It's still nibbling. Um, it's still carrying through. And don't forget the big bison because he's got some good yeah. shape and bounce throughout this test as well. Yeah, I think he's another one that's struggling a bit from the Langer end. Right. Um, bison, even though he bowled probably the ball of the day to Babra's arm, so he may... may um, come from the commentary end as well. The other part of this, and I touched on it in my intro, is that this will be rugged for the Australians initially. That, that, that whack to Labashane yesterday, um, Usman Khawaja said after play last night, it didn't look pretty. Um, Josh Hazelwood added he's very sore. Um, he had the physio working on him for an hour in the dressing room, then got sent for a scan. We still don't know what the result of that scan is as yet. So um, it does present a, an interesting scenario where if Labashane has done something that might keep him out of the Melbourne Test match. That's a, a whole other selection conversation, I'm sure, in the short term, but it would provide an if entry for Cameron finger, Green. Uh, the little finger's the one you'd mm. prefer, wouldn't you? Right. To, if it's fractured. So is that because of where the hand sits on the bat? Yeah. You can just sit the, the um, little finger off the bat. And it, I think it's his bottom hand too. Bottom yeah. hand, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, mind you, some players, the bottom hand's everything in your game if you're a bottom-handed player. But he is a very technical correct player, so his top hand does a lot of work. Yeah, he'll be hoping he won't have to bat that, that yeah. they bat that well, um, which would be unbelievable um, that they declare 
But everything we've said here, it's going to be tough not to get bowled out. You're talking about Labuschagne? Yeah. He's out, mate. Oh, he's out. He's been and gone. <laughs> I was thinking. He's talking about Melbourne. <laughs> thinking, That's right. He's had his go. He can put his feet yeah, up. I'm thinking about, well, when he gets out there, how's he going to grip the bat? So with, with Labuschagne, I mean, it does present. Yeah, say, that's, sort of a, that's going to be a concern. I mean, just, let's just play that game for a moment here. We've got time to, to, to spread out a wee bit. If he did miss at Melbourne um, and Green came in, uh, how, would you, how would you recalibrate the batting list? Would Green go in at three or would you move Smith up and pop him in at four? Something like that, Kat? Well, yeah, you have to ask the players. I mean, there's been a lot of speculation already around the opening. So a number of them have already categorically said no to moving out of their positions. Mm. And I think that's for Labashane via Usman Khawaja. <laughs> and then no one's really asked Steve Smith. Uh, and then obviously Travis Head sounds like he's pretty settled at five because he's mentioned the fact that it would only really be in the subcontinent like he did in India earlier in the year, he'd come up the order. And then Mitch Marsh has categorically said no as well. So... Steve Smith's maybe the only option to rejig if he goes to three. But then well, if, you but ask, if you're thinking green, you bat him at three. Correct. It's a good opportunity if that Could does happen for green to establish his credentials up the order. You've spoken about this quite a lot during the week, Cat, that you feel like he could be a top four player. He's got the technique to be a, a top four player. Oh, he's a top four player. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're talking whether he can open, mm. isn't it? Well, if he bats at three and does it well, that yeah. could be an audition, are you saying, yep. Yeah, Yeah, mm. certainly. Um, and... You know, actually having a chat down there, you know, he's had time with his family. He's refreshed. It's been a big year. He's ready to play. When he <laughs> You've got to get the opportunity. When he showed that, because he came back for WA, got a good 96 yep. at the Gabba, and then he's backed it up with, what, 46, I think, in mm -hmm. the PM's 11. So he's come back, had a little bit of a refresh, good start to the summer. And historically, his numbers for WA at four, outstanding. That's where he's got a lot of his big 150s for WA. And, you know, you're not always going to be batting it two for 200 in that situation here. You, a lot of the times you're probably in in the first 20 overs. So he's, how, how he knows how to face a new ball. How small a fracture would it be for him to be a chance for, for Melbourne? Because if you don't play Melbourne, Sydney's right after mm -hmm. it too. Like just a, it'd have to be a really small fracture, wouldn't it? Depends what sort of pain threshold he's got in terms of being able to play with it and, and just load up on uh, yep. painkillers and, and just try and numb it and, and go out there and bat. Interesting. All ahead of us. I suppose we'll hear from Cricket Australia soon because they did the scan last night. So it won't be long before we know what's going on with Marnus Labashane. On a similar theme, Smith was hit twice on the on the arm yesterday. One a bit higher up and one towards that wrist that he played with at the Oval when he made... Well, if, if the situation was different and it wasn't the Fifth Ashes Test match, he might have missed. He, he, he conceded as much after the series. Can, can you tell me why he doesn't wear the... The bigger arm guard. Like we've seen a lot of guys over the years wear full arm guards that cover the entirety of the, of the you know the forward arm, the left arm in his case. But Smith prefers that tiny one. What's going on there? Like if you wear a bigger one, how much more difficult is it to bat in a comfortable way? It's a good question because I know myself. I only really started to wear one late in my career, purely because I was facing guys like Mitch Johnson and, mm. and Siddle and these guys, young quicks in the nets a lot, and <laughs> these boys are bowling. On their back foot a lot of the time was on the front yeah, line mm. with new rocks because I wanted to prepare as well as I could. But the danger with that is you're always going to get plenty of short balls and I encourage them to do that because that's what's going to prepare you. But the danger is you get hit in the nets and then it costs you playing in a test match. So I started to wear one in the nets and then got used to it and thought, oh, you know what, I'll just keep wearing it in the match. And all tail enders should wear it all the time. Yeah. Like I, I remember Mike Whitney talking to me. It virtually finished his Australian career that he got a, a fracture of, of the um, forearm. So I remember, you know, 
next time he played and he was playing against us, he goes, "You all got to wear them because it's not it's not a um, even a bravery issue. No. It's like you give up your spot right. and someone else gets an opportunity." I, I just don't know why it's the smaller one yeah. compared to the longer one because the the old ones were were fine. Like everyone sort of seemed Very to wear them if they needed padded. to. Very supportive. So, yeah, you'd have to ask him that. I'm not sure. Feels like we've got some news out of the Aussie camp by Adam White, who's down pitch side. He's going to be um, chatting with uh, uh, Mitchell Marsh in our pregame. That'll be in segment two. Um, word from the Australian team is Marnus, Labashane and Steve Smith are both fine after being hit uh, late yesterday. Smith already in the nets. Uh, he'll resume on 43 not out. So we'll try and hear from Whitey uh, about who he's hearing this from. But that's good news in terms Great of news. the... Uh, the Labashane story that we've been speculating. About. And he's out. He's definitely out. Yeah. So he's, he's not going to need to be out there with the bat again, Flynn. He didn't need to have a net this morning, that's for sure. Um, moving to he, Australia's... He would have had a net. <laughs> Just uh, moving to Australia's bowlers. Um, there's a nice piece in Crick Info today from Alex Malcolm comparing the four Australian, the quartet, shall we say, um, to, to being in a band together. I thought you'd appreciate this, um, Flem. It's the first time they've, they've worked in concert together since uh, Lords at 2023. Uh, and they did the job splendidly. It was here last year where they became the first four bowlers in a test attack, all to have 200-plus wickets. Of course, they've all gone well beyond that now, just line on 499. Numbers, yeah. But I just like, it's impenetrable for Pakistan, isn't it? They rock up here. We heard from... Uh, their assistant coach, Adam Holyoke, last night saying that, oh, we've got to get used to the Australian pitches. You, you can never really get used to that, to those four guys bowling in tandem, can you? No, and, um, yeah, the PM's 11 doesn't really help you there too. With the, That's more like a Pakistan uh, pitch. But, no, nah, I mean, it's just... it's You can still vividly remember the first time playing at the... Wa- well, the nets are more extreme, so that's like, wow, what's going on here? Um, and... You know, they, they bowl so well in unison. They know what each other does. So yep. that there's so many more bowling partnerships. Um, it's not just one quick just trying to, you know, get the breakthroughs and the pressure's all him. They don't have to. They can just settle into their game plan, and their game plan's successful. As you said, they've all got over 200 test wickets, um, which, you know, it, which has never happened. And it's funny, um, we might have talked about it before. You know, Ricky Ponting, was it not before? Day one? You know, he put a team up that... Um, I think it was Ashes 2001, the last one, when Justin Langer got back in. Look at that team. And I'll go, oh, that's the classic dominant Ponting team. They played nine tests together. Mm. That's all. And even this group was up to, was it 23 or 24? I think it's their 24th together this week. Yeah, this yeah so that, that, you know, that, you know that, that's probably never been done in the history of the game. So it's funny that these great teams don't actually, there's always one change here or, or a couple there. Yeah, I was amazed by that number. I actually thought this group would have played way more than 24 mm. tests together. And the thing that stood out to me yesterday, and I think it's why it's made them so good together, was that just before Sword Shaquille got out in that fashion, Nathan Lyon runs over to, I think it was Josh Hazelwood bowling, and he said, mate, because he'd been pulled, and he top-edged one. Anyway, he gets in, he said, no, no, get your line up under his um, under his shoulder, right shoulder. Next ball, straight there, off the glove, straight to David Warner, out. And that's the difference between attacks that look after each other and are trying to help each other get wickets compared to other attacks that potentially might be just trying to go hunting for wickets themselves. Mm. They really do work together. And I think the other thing is Pat Cummins, because he's a bowling captain, he understands the psyche. He's great mates with them all. And I think he's gotten the best out of them all in this period. I know they haven't played a lot together recently, but because Josh Hazelwood was injured and Nathan Lyon was injured, but he just rotates them in short little sharp bursts. They've got good matchups. They've got good plans. Tactically, they're very good. And 
yeah, it's a it's an amazing attack. Might come back to Cummins, the captain, in just a moment. Adam Whitey's jumped in. He's been downstairs uh, chatting to the Australian camp. Uh, what do you know, Whitey? G'day, boys. Um, I can say that Steve Smith and Marnus Labashain are both okay, which is good news. So Labashain did get some medical attention last night, but he's actually in the nets as we speak. All oh, right. He's um, already even better though twice he's not really <laughs> in the match. Um, but importantly, Steve Smith is actually out there as well. So I think Barat's going to go out and have a look and assess how well Steve is going in the nets. But obviously there was genuine concern, particularly for Marnus last night. Um, but the fact that they're out there this morning having a bat is is good sign. So we're going to actually speak to Mitch Marsh shortly. Um, so we'll ask him what he knows. Um, but, yeah, it looks like uh, all systems go for both of them. Thank you, Whitey. Get yourself back downstairs so you make that Mitchell Marsh interview after our first break, which comes shortly. Uh, yeah, there was uh, Cummins as the captain and the extra flexibility he's got with that attack, not just the fact that he's got Mitch Marsh there getting the kingpin as uh, Barbara's arm yesterday, but the rotations and all the rest of it. How much more stable he is having Nathan Lyon there? It must just be a godsend cat as captain, knowing that you could put Lyon at one end and know that he'll go at like two and a half and over. He'll get a wicket every 10 overs, something like that. It's huge. It's very, very similar, and I liken it to what it was like playing with Shane Warne. Mm. Because, yes, they're totally different types of bowlers, but they played the same role. They were that good, both of them, that they could tie up an end, but then and allow your quicks to rotate if they were attacking. But then conversely, when the spinner was in the game and, and conditions were in his favour, they could be the attacking weapon and then the quicks were obviously the sideshow. So he's played exactly the same role. And to think that he's on the verge of 500 test wickets and played the bulk of his test cricket here on our flat tracks, yeah. it is a remarkable record. And seeing him out here on this Perth bouncy Perth stadium wicket, you know, to think that he's bowled so well here where conditions really favour the quicks. There's pace, there's bounce, there's seam movement, and he still looks like a threat every time he gets the ball in his hands. It's, it's, it just goes to show how good he is because of the revs he gets on the ball and because he gets the ball to drop and bounce. Yeah, I mean, the great bowlers are great offensively. I get wickets. Um, that's pretty obvious, but they're, they're equally good defensively. And I remember Shane Warne's last test match at the SCG, 06-07. I think in the first innings, he only got one for 60 or something like that, but it was off 25 overs and it allowed the, the quicks. And it wasn't turning. It wasn't his day, but mm. he kept pressure up. The quicks could rotate the other end and they knock over England there. And then the second innings, you, you can cash him like Caddo was saying there. So, yeah, no doubt it helps Cummins' captaincy. One, he's got himself as a bowler who's as good a fast bowler going around. But, he, you know, he doesn't have to worry too much about players on debut or, or whatever with this. Is it that they all know their game so well. Um, so that's got to help being a fast bowling captain with a with an attack that's so experienced and, um, you know, so unique. As Dan Bredig, the ages cricket chief writer, said last night, rather cheekily, of England are talking about asterisks around the ashes with it being rained out at Old Trafford. Well, Australia's got a pretty big asterisk with uh, Nathan Lyon not playing uh, yeah. those last, uh, well, three and a half test matches. Flem, uh, right, before we go to the break, our weather conditions for Rainbird, leaders in irrigation for over 90 years. 27 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, same old, same old here in Perth. The forecast top is 32, and we've already gone through the pitch earlier with cracks running through the middle of it, especially at our members' M1.